Bianca Belair has an open challenge Monday night on Raw. Could Asuka be one to accept? Tune in to the Top Rope Report to find out what we think. And here's your host, Mr. Trivia. Good afternoon, everyone. Oh, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another Live Edit No Top Rope Report here on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, TalkShoe.com, and Facebook Live. I'm your host, the illustrious Mr. Trivia. Joining me every week, as usual, my co-host, my tag team partner, my best friend, the best in the business, the Nugster Greg. Greg, what's happening? No, nothing. Nothing at all. Got a couple, got a couple of announcements to make before the show starts uh, this morning. Um, I believe the world lost a great lady this past week, uh, or a couple of days ago, rather, with the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, 96 years old. God bless the lady. She was in power for 70 years. And uh, I'd like to have a little moment of silence for her. Thank you. Amen to the Queen. And also one other announcement we'd like to make. This past weekend, there is a new tough and talented undisputed champion. Congratulations goes out to Bull Dread. As he, become the, as he became the new tough and talented undisputed champion at the show this past weekend. So congratulations goes out to Bull Dread. And Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, I I really didn't think uh, I really didn't think the show was too bad. wasn't too good. I didn't think it was great, but there was uh, there was some some good action, some good hard hitting action in the show. Some decent matches. And, um, I mean, I'm ready to talk about it if you are. Alright, what's, what's. The hell is that? That's oh. your phone vibrating. I had a phone call, I can't take that right now, so. But. So. Yeah, so we'll get, we'll get, uh, we'll get Greg's thoughts on the show, and maybe his, his grades and my grades will match, and. Probably not. We'll see what he. We'll, we'll think what he thought about SmackDown. All right. Ready whenever you are, Greg. All right. Yeah. Who's going first? I'll go first. All right. Started off with a. Um, um. Well, it started off with Michael Cole announcing that Pat McAfee wasn't be there for a few months. Um. Well, he said for a couple months. Um. We know it to be. Basically, the rest of the year, so four months. And Corey Graves is at the announcer's desk. Whether that is the permanent replacement for Pat McAfee, or if that was just for Friday Night SmackDown, I guess we'll have to see. Um, then after that, they went right to um, a six-man tag match between the Brawling Brutes and Imperium. I... I thought this was a good match. I, I didn't think I didn't think they would uh, they would use the name Imperium. I, I just didn't think they would, but they did, and they they were a great tag team in NXT. And um, they came out. You know, it was, I thought it was a really good match, hard hitting match. Um, it was one. Uh, it seemed like um, Gunther was a little gun shy about getting in the ring with Sheamus at first, but. You know, they ended up 
they ended up going at it again eventually during the match. And, you know, Imperium ended up with the three count. And um, I I enjoyed the match. I, I thought it was a good match, a lot of action. Real uh, real brawl there. I gave, I gave the match a beat one. Okay. Um, I, I don't know what you meant by, I mean, I, I didn't know... When you said you didn't expect Imperium, did that mean previous to Clash of the Castle? Or when all three guys came out at Clash of the Castle, you didn't think they... No, previous. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, previous. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I, I thought this was an excellent match. Um, they kept teasing... Um, Sheamus and Gunther going at it. Um, the crowd was totally into it. Sheamus is just as quickly as a switch can flip. He's gone over to being hated to being loved by the audience. Um, and it was just one quick, simple thing. And that was putting him in a match against Gunther. Um... Pete Dunn, Butch, whatever you want to call him, showed why he can be a star um, at this level in that match. Um, both Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser showed why they can be an excellent tag team and, and really be something in this tag division. <coughs> Gunther was Gunther, Sheamus was Sheamus. The biggest disappointment in this match is Ridge Holland. The man just is horrible. He's not even bad. He's horrible. <coughs> Two specific moves that stuck out in my head, <clears> or <throat> uh, stuck out in my mind, were when they were throwing him into the corner. And you know how people go through the turnbuckles and crash into the, the ring post. He got thrown towards it and kind of like stopped, slowed down, and then ducked through. It was just looked horrible. And then that running, where he take off. Let me take off my elbow pad so I can do a running lariat and hit the guy with my forearm in his upper back. I I always thought that was something you were supposed to hit right in the back of the neck, lower part of the head. The man is just horrible. He he's just a muscular kind of just doofus idiot that does not belong on the main roster. Um so I can't give this match an A like I want to because of the fact that Ridge Holland just sucks and is horrible. So I'm gonna knock it down just a little bit to a low A minus. Okay. Um after that we had the uh, the bloodline come out. Well, the Usos and Sami Zayn. I'm not going to say the whole bloodline because Roman wasn't there. Paul Heyman wasn't there. Um, and they came out to officially announce um, that their little brother, which Jimmy acknowledged on air, this is our little brother, Solo Sokoa. And then he came out, um, you know, 
I think one of the big things in Solo's game is is he's going to have to get better on the microphone. Being part of a big faction like this, he's not going to have to talk much. So, like, what he was able to do was okay. But if he's ever going to not be part of the bloodline and on the main roster and have a singles career, he, he's going to have to get better on the microphone. Um, but, <coughs> excuse me, it's very, very phlegmy this morning. I, I haven't even been up for a total of an hour yet. So I apologize. Um, so for what he had to say, it was okay. Um, the star of this segment, to me, was Sami Zayn. I mean, the way he, you know, jumps around and just the banter that he has in the background and how he's so over with everything that he does. Um, they were talking about going into the bloodline and how deep the bloodline runs and Sami Zayn comes out with a deep AF. I mean, it just... Sometimes I don't know how the wrestlers that are working with him don't just crack up and smile at his antics sometimes. Um, and the little things that he says and does. Um, yeah, you know, the one quote that Solo said, um, you create problems and I finish them. Solo Sokoa is here to stay and the bloodline just got bigger and stronger. Like I said, he didn't have to deliver much, but he did deliver that. Um, and towards the end of their little promo, um, Drew McIntyre came down and everybody left the room except for him. He was ready to stand one-on-one -on -one with Drew McIntyre. Um, Drew McIntyre had a chair. He went to approach Drew McIntyre as he was getting in the ring. Drew McIntyre hit him in the stomach, which folded him over. And then just where Drew McIntyre hit him with the chair, boom. Sami Zayn pushes him out of the way and takes the chair shot once again for somebody in the bloodline. Um, I really enjoyed this entire segment. It didn't go too long. It wasn't too short. They got exactly what they needed done. Um, Drew McIntyre challenged Solo Sokoa to a match later in the show, which he accepted there on the ramp with his brothers and Sami Zayn by his side. I gave the whole thing a B plus. Okay. I, I definitely agree with you on the grade. I think Solo Sokoa is going to be uh, an integral part of the main roster. He's a good wrestler. He, you know, he... he did awesome. I, I believe he was. He did awesome in NXT. You can definitely tell he knew his younger brother because he looked just like him. And uh, yeah, like you said, you know, when everybody took off, he was ready to stand and stand his ground and get down with McIntyre for his first uh, first appearance on SmackDown. So there's obviously no fear in that guy. So I think he's going to do well on the main roster. I gave it a B plus as well. Okay. After this, we then went to a non-title women's tag team match. It was the match that never happened. It was Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez taking on two-thirds of Toxic Attraction, um, Gigi Dolan and J.C. James, um, who they cut up, they had a little 30-second, one-minute-long thing where they stated that 
you know, Raquel and Aaliyah would not have won their title had they not, you know, missed their match against them. Trib, what did you think of the match? I thought it was an okay match. I mean, Toxic Attraction is, uh, you know, they're, they're a good team. They're on the main roster now, so we'll see what they can do. Are, are, we sure about, roster, are you sure about that? Have they been brought up to the main roster, or was it just a one-off match? Well, I read somewhere uh, early this morning that they're now on the main roster. Okay. All right. They have been brought up to the main roster. And, um, you know, I, th- I thought they did well in NXT, but then again, that's NXT as opposed to the main roster. I think they're going to make a lot of noise in this women's tag team division because that's what the women's tag team needed was a, a you know another tag team because they really don't have very many right now. They're basically focusing on the singles. So I, I thought it was a, a decent match. I mean, Aaliyah, she's, she seems to be getting a little bit better when she's in the ring. But I think that whole team revolves around Raquel Rodriguez. You know, if she ever got hurt, then that's it. They would definitely, definitely not be champions anymore. I, I gave the whole thing a, a C, C plus. Okay. Um, as of this writing, as of right now, looked up their roster. They are not listed on the SmackDown roster or the Raw roster. So, they are still officially listed as NXT. Just for... I, I don't know. Shits and giggles, I guess. Um, but... Um, I, I had said before, I thought, and whether it was in conversations with you or maybe in our last show, I don't remember. We have so many conversations about wrestling. Sometimes I don't know when they're just regular conversations. Um, I think I said it when we actually got together the other day um, on Friday afternoon. I, I, I think that it's, you know, that toxic attraction, the tag team, should be brought up to the main roster because they are truly an established tag team. There's nothing else for them to do in NXT. Um, so if this is a permanent call-up, then, hey, great for them. Good for them. Um, SmackDown Raw, it doesn't really matter because the women's tag titles can be defended on either brand. So it didn't matter what, what brand they would be on. I don't see them using them as singles wrestlers at all. So if this is their, right. their you know, introduction to the main roster and permanent stay and... They're no longer at NXT. I think Mandy Rose loses her title within the next three shows. Um, but that's a whole nother thing. Um, I, I think, once again, <sighs> Aaliyah kind of reminds me of how Liv Morgan was when she first got the title. So just overly excited. Um, and, and I just... I. I gotta feel, I mean, I don't know. Something in the back here, just below my bald spot, or behind my bald spot, I got a feeling they're setting up something for Raquel Rodriguez to go on a singles run. Now, whether that's her finally getting sick and tired of having to carry their tag team every match because now they're starting to emphasize a little bit that Aaliyah 
is always the short end of the stick and how dominant Raquel can be in matches, um, which she was in this match. You know, Gigi and JC did a did a you know very good job at keeping Ali away from from her corner to tag out, and they you know were beating her up for a while. Um, the one thing I will admit is for Aaliyah, at least she's got good looks. And, and that's about it. Um, she reminds me a little bit of Eve Torres when she first started out. Um, beautiful face, okay in the ring, you know, athletically okay in the ring, not too good um, as an accomplished wrestler. She's going to need to develop more. Having her in a tag team is good for her. Um, having her with Raquel Rodriguez is great because she's on TV all the time. Um, the match was okay. I'm going to give the match a C. I'll give it a high C, borderline C+. Plus. Um, and once again, the over-exuberant, exciting win where Aaliyah jumped in Raquel's arms and was kissing her on her forehead just to me just seems like setting up where there could be tension between her and Raquel because Raquel wants her to focus more maybe on the match than just celebrating the matches. I don't know. I could just see seeds getting planted. Because I think I think the one thing that, that came out of this match was Raquel Rodriguez is being built up to be a star in this women's division. And I think it's going to depend on whether they keep her face or turn her heel based on whoever is the champion the time they want to pull that trigger and, and give her a good, strong singles run. What do you think she'd be better as? A face or a heel? Either way. doesn't matter. It's because it's she, she's very, very likable. She's got that beautiful smile. Um, yep. she, once again, she plays off that she's a you know a big face right now with that big smile and um, and everything, but she also can have that viciousness which we saw in NXT that she can be the badass heel. So I mean, it, it's I, I don't think it's going to make a difference. I, I don't I don't personally have a preference. Do you? I I think I liked her as a heel in NXT. Because it showed it showed she has a mean streak, but the fans still still cheer for her. So I, I think she I think she would she would make a real good heel on the main roster. So you think she'd be but but the question was do I think she'd be better who do you think she'd what she'd be better as? I don't think it matters. Oh yeah, that's true. I mean either way you know, I, mean, I would prefer her together. I would prefer her to be a heel. Only because she can show that power and that domination. But, once again, I think she'd be successful either way. Right. So do I. Um, after that, we stayed with the female theme as we had the Fatal Five-Way um, number one contenders elimination match, which had Xylee, Lacey Evans... Natalia, Sonya Deville, and Ronda Rousey in this match. Um, on paper, I was expecting a really, I, I was expecting a good match. I, I was expecting to, with seeing the five names that were in it, that I could p potentially, um, 
And this is before I knew about the six-man tag match opening a show. On paper, when you saw what was coming in, that, you know what, this could have been potentially the best match of the night. <laughs> Boy, was that thought gone really, really, really quickly. Um, I mean, we've seen shorter 24-7 title matches than we saw in this match. It was over before. I mean, if you left for a moment to get a drink and came back, the match was over. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yep. I mean, nobody got any time to to show anything off, any moves or anything. I mean, Natalia getting eliminated rather quickly, okay. And then it was like three seconds later, both Zia Lee and Lacey Evans were put into submission moves by Ronda and Sonya Deville, and then they tapped out like, I mean, I want to say Lacey Evans was tapping out before the move was totally put in. And then you had the brief exchange between Sonya and Ronda that was just Sonya trying to submit Ronda and Ronda reversing it to submit Sonya and let's get rid of this match. Now, this wasn't just a fill-in match. This was to determine the number one contender for Liv Morgan. Oh, who, by the way, was way up in the corner in a luxury suite. What the fuck? All by yourself. Not with friends, not with people, not with anything. Just her sitting there. It was just all stupid and horrible and dumb. You should have just named Ronda Rousey as her as the next opponent for her at Extreme Rules and called it a day and, and saved me three and a half minutes of my life. Um, I, I gave this a D. Okay. I definitely agree that this match was way too short. When I, when I first saw the, the five participants, I was saying to myself, hey, this, this could be a good match. I mean, Sonya can go. Lacey Evans can go. Natalia, former champion. You know, that this, this could be a really, really good match. And like you said, the next thing you know, I blink and there's only two people left. Sonya and Ronda. And, you know, when the match started, I myself knew that Ronda was going to win. Oh, yeah. And going into it, you knew Ronda was going to win. Yep. But just because uh, you know the destination doesn't mean the ride has to be boring. Right. I mean, I was disappointed at the length of the match and some of the action. I mean, some of the wrestlers they had in there were real talented. They didn't give them a chance to, you know, to really, you know, show everybody what they could do in certain matches. Zia Lee got to get rid of her. She's just, she's just awful. But she didn't get a chance to even do anything. None of them did. I mean, okay, Lacey Evans leading off for the women's right to Natalia, and that was it. That was the only "quote unquote" wrestling I saw in the entire match. Right. Well, I definitely agree with you on the grade. I, well, I'm going to go one lower. I give it a D minus. Okay. I was very, I was very disappointed in uh, in the way that match was. Way too short. Okay. After that, we then got to the other advertised match of the night. Um, 
it was a, I guess you want to say eight-man tag match, where it was the Street Profits and Hit Row versus the Maximum Male Models um, and Los Lothorios. Trib, what'd you think? Well, this match had a combination of both. It had wrestling and entertainment, if that makes any sense. I mean, Hit Row... They're they're not a bad team, but they're not a, uh, a really good team. No. They're good entertainers, okay. and you know, I think I think in a couple, you know, with a little bit more seasoning on the main roster, they'll probably be a force to reckon with in a tag team division. Los Lotharios and Mac um, Male Models, forget it. I could have done without seeing them. I mean, I think I think they took a wrestler that, and we had talked before. When he first came out about how he could be a real, a real big name on the main roster was Mansoor, and they they took him and you know made him a clown, along with uh, the guy from. Uh, I can't. It's been so long. I can't even remember what. Uh, Mace. Yeah, Mace. And. Or now, Ma Mace. Yeah, they come up with the little finger tag. It's like you know, come on. But you know the right. The right team won. Um, what's her name outside the ring there? B-Fab. I mean, you know, she really doesn't get involved that much, but I was waiting for her to, to knock Maxine out of her ass. But that kind of didn't happen. And then when Top Dollar wanted to make that, that leap over the top rope onto everybody outside, that would have been interesting to see. A guy his size making that leap. But they kind of stopped it right there. But um, overall, I thought it was a decent match. I gave it a, I gave it a B minus. Oh, okay. Um, a, B, a B minus to a C. Well, that's a huge. That's like uh, saying eighty three to a seventy four, uh, and well, that's a huge. B minus. <laughs> huh? What comes after B minus? A C plus. <laughs> All right, a B minus to a C plus. Then okay. Um. It's weird because we're gonna we're gonna disagree a lot on takes of this, um, but we're gonna end up in the same place. Um, you know, it's it's you know some people take ninety five to New York City, some people take the merit. We're both gonna get there. Just some of us are gonna take you know just a different route. Um, I actually, I mean, I can't stand Hit Row. I think they're horrible. I don't think they're good in the ring. I think they needed to be in NXT longer. I thought that before they got brought up. I think B-Fab is one of the worst valet characters they have on, on the roster anywhere. Um, she just doesn't do anything. She, she's just useless. Um, I don't hate her. I don't like her. I just... just She just doesn't need to be there. Um, you can do without her. Hit Row, I mean... Uh, I mean, are, are they are they are they wrestlers? Or are they just gonna be rappers that wrestle, or are they wrestlers that ra- or are they wrestlers that rap? You know, they needed to really figure out who they were before they brought them to the main roster. Um, and when they brought them back, they they brought them back with arguably the best part of their team not with them, because he's in AEW as tag team champions with Keith Lee. I just, I didn't understand it. Um, 
So I'm going to disagree that they're entertainers. They're 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 dingleberries in the anal crevice of WWE main roster for me. Um, and I feel bad for Street Profits for having to tag with them because they are nowhere. Street Profits shouldn't even have been in this match because once again, it's you know what it's like. It's like when you have that major league all star playing in a rehab game in double-A. So everybody's there to see them, and you know they're going to outshine everybody, but they have to be there anyways. That's what it felt like to me, because they didn't deserve to be in this match. Um, I thought Massey and Mansour, or whatever, however you want to say his name, Mansour um, and Lothotharios were the better entertaining part of this match than Hit Row. Um... So overall, I'm I'm gonna give this a B minus as well. But I I just totally disagree with that. Ah, I could do without Lothotharios and Maximum Male Models because I think, I mean, when given the time in the ring to perform, they all do very well. Um, but I think given the time in the ring, Hit Row is just gonna be a piece of crap. <laughs> So I also, okay. once again, do give it a B minus. All right. After that, we then had the Raw tag team of Alpha Academy come out to the ring, um, where they wanted to, I, I guess, um, admonish or discredit Braun Strowman making his return on Monday Night Raw. Um Sorry, um, why they left Raw to come to SmackDown to do that? Eh, I don't know. Um, Chad Gable opened up on the mic, um, stating that if you know his monster Otis um, had seen Braun Strowman coming down, everything would have been different. Um, Obviously, as soon as they came out and mentioned the words Braun Strowman, it was already in, well into the second half of the show. We all knew that Braun Strowman was going to be there. So then, obviously, he comes down, um, gets into the ring, has that brief confrontation with Otis, and then gets attacked from behind by Chad Gable. He then powerbombs Chad Gable. And then probably one of the more impressive things I've seen him do was powerbomb Otis. And he picked him up and powerbombed him with ease. I mean, a lot of times we've seen, like, you know, Hulk Hogan's hip toss slash body slam of Yokozuna. I mean, we've seen moves where wrestlers, you know, um, Bianca Belair having to help use the corner with Dewdrop to get her up into the KOD. Yeah, it's impressive that you can hold her on her shoulders, but that's different. Somebody can put 150 pounds on your shoulders and you can hold it, um, but it's a hell of a lot tougher to pick up that 150 pounds from the ground and put it on your shoulders yourself. Braun Strowman picked up this man with ease and had him up over his head and powerbombed him, which really shows how strong this gentleman is. Um, but that's really all it was. Um, and that was it. 
And, I mean, what what can you, I mean, yeah, I'm going to grade it, and I'm going to give it just a, a C, because I didn't hate it, I didn't like it, I could have done without it, but I, I see why it happened. Okay, I think the reason why Alpha Academy went to SmackDown to confront Braun Strowman was because Braun Strowman took them out on Monday Night Raw, you know, a couple days earlier. Um... You know, Michael Cole was like, oh my God, that was impressive. Braun Strowman power slamming Otis. I, I didn't think that was impressive. Braun Strowman would, could do that at any day of the week. I mean, make, you know, he's 350 pounds. And, you know, he's short and stocky and looks like a tree trunk, as they always say. But, I mean, Otis got in a couple of good shots and then Braun Strowman just swatted away. And that was the end of it. But I think the funny part about it was, like you said, when uh, when uh, Chad Gable come up from behind Braun Strowman and hit him in the back, just to look Braun Strowman gave when he turned his head. Right. I mean, that, I, I thought that was pretty funny. He, he looks at it like, what the hell are you doing? But uh, I graded it overall. I gave it a C-. minus. Oh, Okay. Um, after that, we then, <clears throat> excuse me, went to the main event of the night, um, which was Drew McIntyre in a match against Solo Sokoa. Trib? I thought this was a good match. I mean, you knew something was going to happen when the other, when those other members of the Bloodline uh, were at ringside. You knew they were going to get involved, which I thought made, to me, I thought it was going to make it more exciting. Uh, Solo Sokoa, you know, definitely, I, I think for his first match, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I think he proved he could be on the main roster with the performance he, he made against Drew McIntyre. Um, do I see another match coming up between these two? Yeah. Um, I thought it was a, a good match. You know, there was a couple of spots I really didn't care too much for. Um I think you really couldn't uh, you really couldn't see how much Solo Sokoa could have really done on his own after, you know, when the bloodline interfered. But um, I, I enjoyed the match. I gave it a B plus. Okay. Um, that's all. Yeah. Nothing else to say about it. No, not that I can think of. Okay. All right, because you missed a big part, but I'll get to that in a moment. Um, okay. I I mean, backstage earlier, they, they showed them all in the locker room, and originally they stated that Solo was going to go out by himself. This was his fight. He wanted this. He was going to go out by himself because um, Sami Zayn had said to him, hey, if there's anything you need, I've got your back. <clears throat> um, then they all agreed they were going to come out anyways and show support for... You know, baby use, if you want to call them that. Um, so once again, yes, we knew that with them all being outside the uh, the ring, that there was going to be distractions slash interference and everything, um, which there was um, until the Street Profits came down to the ring and attacked the Usos, which... Is probably going to lead to another match between the Street Profits and the Usos because we don't have any other tag teams 
built up to the quality of the Usos to take on the Usos yet. Um, which was which was fine. And then, you know, and I agree. Um, I'm I'm gonna call him Baby Use just because I don't solo Sokoa. I, I don't know. I just, I'm just gonna call him Baby Use. Um, I, he did help hold his own against Drew McIntyre. Um, he stood toe to toe with him, and, and he went. I mean, super kick. I mean, this and that. Yeah, Grant. There were distractions in this, um, and, and little interferences, but. He, oh, I think I saw Papa Smoke come out trivia's ear. He realizes what part of this segment and match he missed um, and totally discredited himself for being um, who he is. Um, and then as the match curtailed, you know, Solo gets thrown outside the ring um, or, or pulled outside the ring to save him from a Claymore. And as Drew McIntyre is there at the ropes, what happens? The screen turns to black and white, and Karrion Cross has Drew McIntyre um, in the fade to black um, sleeper hold that he has, which I thought was was great the way they did the black and white with that. Because um, I know, I, I don't think they do it anymore, but I know... They used to automatically go to black and white if somebody started to bleed during um, a live show, so you didn't see the red. I I don't know. Whatever. You still know it's fucking blood when somebody's got something gushing down. I don't care whether it's black or what. Um, but that's a whole other thing. And then Scarlet coming in and then just kind of taunting over him as he was, you know, slowly passing out and fading away. And then the show ended. I thought the match was really good. I thought the interaction outside with the distractions and interferences was just enough. Wasn't too much. The Street Profits coming down to kind of level the playing field. And then the attack of Karrion Cross, causing this match to end in a no, no contest. I think it did two things. I think, A, it keeps your most beloved face... In, in the headline, regardless whether it's against Karrion Cross or the Bloodline. It, it gives him multiple storylines and keep him focused, keeps the audience focused with him great. And the other thing it did is it, it gave... Um, uh, oh my God, my mind's went blank. Um, it solidified the fact that Solo Sokoa does belong on the main roster. I gave this whole thing an A as an apple. Okay. What was your overall grade? Uh, B minus. Okay. My my overall grade was a well one one step lower. I gave it a C plus. And you know, for the okay. down, I it's, uh, for the last couple of weeks, it's not a not a bad grade, but not a good grade. But well, it I'm was one of the. It, to me, it was one of the better SmackDowns they've had in in in, a, in several weeks. I mean, I think the main focus and the better show every week has been Raw for the last month. This was, you know, one in one A. I mean, yeah, Raw was really good, but I think this episode of SmackDown, the way it started and the way it ended, really helped. Alrighty, and that's our Friday night SmackDown recap. And uh, right now, we're going to go to. 
a part a segment of the show that uh, we have just about every week. My favorite part of the show, it's Nuggies News. So, Greg, take it away. All right, well, thank you, Trip. Um, I, I pulled up, and it's funny, I pulled up two, well, off of two different websites. Basically, the same topic. Um, and I just want to, did I save them both or did I not save either one of them? Mother Lust, let's see, um, okay, so one of them, title is, because I guess there's, um, WWE recently announced that Bianca Belair will issue an open challenge for the Raw Women's Championship on the Red Brand. Um... It says the the upcoming show will emanate from the Moda Center in Portland, Oregon. So whether that's this Monday Night Raw or Monday Night Raw after that, I'm not 100% sure, but that's just being advertised. So this article says six theories for Bianca Belair's open challenge. Okay? The first one they listen, first one they list, Lita makes a shop, shocking WWE comeback and answers the open challenge. Uh, so, once again, scale of 1 to 10, likelihood and excited if this happened. Likelihood, 3. Excitement, excitement probably a 7. Okay, likelihood, I'd give it a 1 because I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I just, I, yeah, I don't. And then excitement-wise, I'd say a 5 because it, it's Lita. <laughs> um, next one. Alexa Bliss turns heel and accepts the open challenge. Seven and nine. I'd I'd go seven and eight, honestly. I mean, I wouldn't have gone to a nine. um, But yeah, I agree with the seven. Next one, Carmella returns from injury to resume the rivalry. One. So, you think you'd be more excited for this to happen than you think it would happen? Yeah, I don't think, uh, in my opinion, I've never been, I've never been high on Carmella. I really don't think... So then why would you be uh, excited level of a six if Carmella did answer the challenge? Oh, the excitement level. See, the first is expected to happen, and then the second is excited if it did happen. So I'll go one and three. Okay. Um, I'd go much higher in the first one. I would go mid-row, and I would go five or six that she could answer the open challenge. But on an excitement level, I would go two. Judgment Day's Rhea Ripley gets her deserved title opportunity. I'll go six mm-hmm. and eight. Exactly. Numbers that I had in my head. Six and eight. Um, <laughs> Michelle McCool gets her dream match. Likelihood one. Excited five. See, I, I would go likelihood negative one if I could. 
because this is the furthest of all these I think could, of, of even possibly happening because um, she hasn't been around a, a WWE wrestling ring okay I think she was in was it the last Royal Rumble or the Royal Rumble yeah. before that I don't know um, but the last one Charlotte returns to Raw to claim her Raw championship um six Okay, I, I, I maybe a little lower on that front because I think they want her um, on SmackDown to eventually get into the ring again with Rousey, but I, I'd buy the, the second one. So then another article, basically the same topic, five superstars who could accept Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Open Challenge. This is from a totally different website, but this is their view. And I'm just going to run through these. Um, NXT's Mandy Rose comes up to the main roster to try and claim all the gold. (laughs) Um, Charlotte Flair could return to challenge for the belt. Then, of course, they go to the, you know, Rhea Ripley also. Um, They then list Bailey could could answer the challenge and go for the gold. Which to me is probably the most likely of them all happening. And then the last one, Sasha Banks makes a return to renew rivalry with Bianca Belair. Of those those five, Mandy, Charlotte, Rhea, Bailey, Sasha, which would get you the most excited? Really? Yeah, I think, uh, I think, well, I think Sasha would be a, a, a good match. And I think Rhea, in my opinion, I think they're wasting Rhea with what she's doing in the Judgment Day. You know, I don't know if she's still having the health issues and she's not uh, competing or what. But I, I would love to see Bailey and Bianca. I don't. I don't think it's it's a matter of wasting Rhea Ripley. I just think Triple H under has a better understanding of the right time, and right now it's not the right. Maybe it's not the right time to give Rhea that push when you have these potential storylines already in place. Once again, a storyline already in place is obviously Bailey. A storyline already in place is somebody that Bianca has aligned herself with over the last month or so. And I'll say either an Asuka or an Alexa Bliss turning heel and turning their back on Bianca. You already have storylines in place. You don't need right now to add Rhea Ripley. So keep her busy maybe through... I mean, unfortunately for her, maybe through the next nine months through WrestleMania season and let whatever plays out play out um, with Bianca Belair through WrestleMania and then have whoever the champion after WrestleMania next year be the person that Rhea Ripley goes against. Or who knows? Maybe, Maybe in Triple H's eyes, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley is, is, um, is a, a night one main event women's main event 
after night one of WrestleMania. I mean, you, you don't know, so you don't want to pull the trigger too early. But of those five, I would probably... I mean, as much as I love Bailey, I think that's a little expected that we're going to see Bailey and Bianca. So I would probably be most excited if it was Sasha Banks because for two reasons. One, once again, I think we're already expecting Bailey and Bianca, but it would also mean that Sasha Banks is back in WWE, which I think would be exciting. Okay, um, a little update on potential return. Um, as we know, Triple H has been bringing back um, previously released talent. Um, most have been received positively by by most. Um, some have been received negatively by me. I mean by some. Um, but the one name that keeps road coming around, coming around, coming around is Bray Wyatt. Um, there's a site that I've been that I've been read that I've been keeping an eye on. Um, called Zero News. It's X-E-R-O News. And a lot of the things that they've said will and could happen and some of the storylines they have been introducing have been happening more than not. Um, their belief that his return is not an if, but a when. That it's, it's said to be, whether it's a gentleman's handshake deal and the pen just has him into the paper... But it is inevitable that Bray Wyatt will return to WWE. It's just not going to be wasted on a random Raw, a random SmackDown, or a second-rate premium live event. Um, one one storyline that they have suggested that during the Survivor Series... During a a a major one-on-one -on -one match, the fiend makes his return in the middle of that match. Something along that storyline. Um, but once again, they're they're stating that is not a matter of if Bray Wyatt returns, just a matter of when. Um, okay, thank you for tuning in, Michelle. And I have a list from another article. That says the top five superstars Bray Wyatt could face upon returning to WWE. So once again, here in brief um, faction, likelihood that this could be, or excitement level, if he were to return and get in a feud with these five superstars. Okay, first one they list, obviously, right off top of that, Braun Strowman. Excitement level on that would be probably an eight. I agree. I totally agree. Um, next one they list: revenge against Randy Orton. Nine. Yeah, I agree. I thought you would have gone a lot. I honestly thought you would have gone a lot lower because of the way that story ended. But I think because of the way it ended. I would be so much more excited if it if it happened. Yep. Um The Fiend <coughs> excuse me confronts a returning 
Brock Lesnar. Six. So I'd go a little higher and go seven with that. Okay. Breaking the dreams of Drew McIntyre. Seven. Okay. That one I'd go a little bit lower. I'd go probably six on that. And then obviously Bray Wyatt tests Roman Reigns God mode by bringing the demon or the evil, sorry, sorry, the evil fiend to attack. 9.5. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd go a little bit lower just because I'd actually be most excited about a possible renewal with this feud with Randy Orton, because I think that could have been great. I just think with all that other stupid things they put in it that Vince McMahon wanted to put into it, yeah, wasted that feud. Um, Plus that ended too quickly, too. Sorry, what? That ended too quickly, in my opinion. Okay. And in closing for Nuggies News, um, I do want to just sit back and... and uh, Give a reflection really quickly on today. Um, for any of you out there that may have been half asleep not realizing, today is the 21st um, anniversary of one of the worst day. I, well, I'm not going to say one of the worst day um, in many people's lives or people that are, you know, old enough to remember, um, but young enough not to remember Pearl Harbor. Um, today is the, the anniversary of 9-11, um, where 2,800 plus people lost their lives. Um, and many people that lost their lives were regular people. I mean, police officers, firemen going into buildings that were going to collapse, that, that eventually collapsed that were on fire, trying to save other people's lives. Um... Not a year goes by that I don't, as I'm doing now, get emotional just thinking about it. One thing that I will say is if, especially if you're in the, in the Northeast and, and you can get there, if you've never gone to the new 9-11 Memorial Museum and, and things that they uh, have set in place, do it. Whatever you have to do, Make sure you go. Yes, security uh, is such a bitch um, to get in there. It's a pain in the ass. Um, but it is well worth the wait. Make sure you bring yourself a lot of tissues because you are going to shed many a tear. Um, but once again, I just, I, I do want another, do a brief. Um, Moment of silence in, in you know remembrance of anybody and everybody that was affected by the losses of nine eleven. Thank you guys, and that's Nuggies news for today. Show or not necessarily my own. I totally disagree with this comment from day one. But I'll never forget the comment my ex-wife made to me when that happened. This has nothing to do with me. This is what she said to me. I remember the day 
clearly because we were having coffee. And I looked over at her and I said, I said, what would possess somebody to do something so sick and twisted like that to our country? She looked me dead in the face and said, and you know what? The United States of America got exactly what was coming to them. She said, we've been sticking our nose in everybody else's business for 40, 50, 60 years, and it bit us in the ass. And I looked at her and I said, how can you say that? With all that life lost, innocent people, family, family people, first responders, police officers, innocent people that were just going about their everyday lives and did not come home. And that's just something that always stuck, stuck in my head. And, you know, I, I would love to go out there and see the new memorial one of these times before I, you know, before my time is up. And uh, I've seen pictures of it and it looks amazing. It looks tremendous. So, okay, I got a couple of um, independent shows to report on. PAPW was having their Wild Wild Wrestling 2 at the Cadillac Ranch, 45 Jude Lane in Southington, Connecticut. Uh, they're, like I said, they're featuring a 15-woman battle royal. When? 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 You gotta see when they're, when oh. it is. You never do. What date did I, what date was it? Um, oh God, September, I believe it's September 25th. I forgot to write the date down. Oh, Jesus um, also today. No, no. Finish your today, finish yeah. your finish your thought, Mike. They're featuring, and that's when I interrupted. What are they featuring? Yeah. They're featuring a fifteen-woman battle royal on the show. That's the only thing I've heard that's going to be on the show right now is the fifteen-woman battle royal, which they're they're obviously bringing wrestlers in from other indie promotions because to my knowledge I thought they only had one female wrestler on their roster Raphael thanks for tuning in and um, but that's going to be Wild Wild Wrestling 2 at the Cadillac Ranch yes it is, sun, it is Sunday September 25th um, okay two weeks from today And, yes, uh, they, they list featuring a 15-women battle royal, also in action, um, Bull James, um, Andrew Anderson, and Bull Dread, And then it says, and more. Okay. Uh, also, today, Northeast Wrestling will present their wrestling show at the North Haven Fair, September 11th, today. Free admission to the show with the purchase of a ticket to the fair. And, um... Former WWE wrestler Fandango will be one of the highlights on the show, along with Ron Zombie, Bulldread, uh, a few other independent stars. We made a, a, a mention this morning before the show that congratulations goes out to the new undisputed, tough and talented heavyweight champion, Bulldread. Won the title this past weekend, so congratulations goes out to him. And this one here, this also another show this afternoon, two shows in the same day, at 2 p.m., Shut Up and Wrestle, is going to be at 72 Sergeant Street 
in Holyoke, Massachusetts today. Bell time is 2 p.m., but this is what caught me. There aren't too many independent shows you go to with a $5 admission, and kids get in free. Uh, scheduled to appear on the show, and I'm trying to figure out how he's going to do both shows, but Bull Dread is scheduled to be on this show as well in Holyoke. Oh, well, what time is that at? 2 p.m. Okay, it's on it, Holyoke to North Haven, Connecticut. It's maybe, well, traffic-wise, an hour and a half drive. Okay. And then also appearing on the card, along with Bull Dread, is Aladdin for the Powers of Pain. Oh, okay. The, um, the Pyramids of Power. Aladdin will be appearing on the Shut Up and Wrestle show this afternoon at 2 p.m., Bell time is at, like I said, yep, 2 p.m., $5 admission, 72 Sargent Street, Holyoke, Massachusetts. Shut Up and Wrestle is a pretty big promotion out that way. There's a lot of lot of wrestlers on that, uh, in that organization. A lot of fans go out to see that. I believe that's Kevin Landry's promotion, Shut Up and Wrestle. I haven't got a chance to see any of those matches yet, but... Those are the indie shows that uh, will be coming up today and in a couple of weeks. So, let's uh, let's talk about this show coming up tomorrow night, Monday Night Raw. Okay. Their first their first time going up against Monday Night Football. Uh, I believe that they had to put a decent show together. I mean, Monday Night Football is Monday Night Football. They're, they're going to get high ratings regardless. Yep. Monday Night Raw will probably get their usual their usual ratings. No, they won't get their usual ratings. Not going up against Monday Night Football. They're no, not going to. They're not going to draw two point one million viewers against Monday Night Football. No. Okay. All right. Well, I think uh, I think Monday Night Raw is going to have to really put on a. Pay per view type Monday Night Raw just to get just uh, you know even try and compete with Monday Night Football. Well, they can't. But they're not. I mean, they're they're never going to compete with Monday Night Football. You're just not. It, it's it's not an attainable goal if that's what your goal is. You're never going to get... I don't care what night it is. I don't care what the event... I don't care what type of show you can put together. You're never going to get over 5 million viewers. That's Monday Night Football in a in a nutshell. You're never going to get that. I don't care what... Ty- you, I don't, you could put together the biggest fantasy matches you've ever been able to put to in your life. And, and get people in a time machine and get, you know, whoever you I mean, you could have in the main event, in the prime of his career, Randy Macho Man Savage take on, I, I don't even know, just you, you're never going to get five to six million viewers like Monday Football does. It's, it's an unattainable goal if that's your goal. You're not going to compete. Okay. And like I 
said previously, you know, there's going to be people that will watch wrestling and there's people that will watch Monday Night Football. There are people that don't care too much for wrestling but love football and vice versa. Me? I, I basically, I, I check out Monday Night Football. I only watch a whole Monday Night Football game when my team is playing. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, Monday Night Raw is going to have a, a good show this week. I'm looking forward to seeing Johnny Gargano compete. Who they're going to put him in a match with will be uh, interesting to see. So, and then the Bianca Belair Open Challenge. I think that's the only thing I know about Monday Night Raw. Well, so from what an article I read, um, sorry, I was just trying to look something up real quick. Um, you know, you know, I love it, but sometimes I also fucking hate Google. When you ask it a question, sometimes it just oh, sorry. Um, it just doesn't answer anything close to what you want. Um, typed into Google Monday Night Football ratings, and all it kept giving me was Monday Night Football on FUBU TV, Monday Night Football scheduled, Monday Night Football new announced team. It gave me everything but the ratings. But anyways, um, I also did read that there was going to be the actual... Fatal four-way contenders tag team match on Monday Night Raw to determine the next um, opponent for the Usos. Whether that's been confirmed or not, I I don't know. Right, because they didn't finish that last week because Braun Strowman came out. Right. <coughs> no. But yeah, it's going to be... Uh... That, that should be an interesting match. Like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing who they're going to put Johnny Gargano against. How he's going to look after being out for nine months. He's probably, you know, obviously, been, I'm sure he's been training. And yeah. then you got Ed Dominic Mysterio. I, you know, don't know what's going to, what to make no, it. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I just think that uh, there's going to be a big... Uh, Big presence of Judgment Day there, obviously. Yeah, why wouldn't uh, they? Yep. Well, let me ask you a question. Ray Wyatt comes back. Uh, obviously, he's going to get a, a good pop. I think he's going to get a good pop when he comes back, whether he's a heel or a face. But if they want to make them stronger, do you think they'll put Ray Wyatt with the Judgment Day? No. No, you've asked me this before. No. Not even a thought goes would go in the back of my head that you would put Bray Wyatt with Judgment Day. That would be like okay. saying, "Okay, they're gonna they're gonna reunite Retribution, and Bray Wyatt's gonna be part of Retribution." Cause he no no. Why would you want Bray Wyatt with Judgment Day? To make him a little bit more powerful. To make who a little more powerful. Why? But why do you need Bray Wyatt? I mean, why Bray Wyatt? Who else you got? Who cares? It's fucking Judgment Day. They're a bunch of losers. They don't win. I mean, I don't know. Repackage T-Bar and put him in there. 
Who the fuck knows? I mean, no, no, but but no, 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 no. I I need I need a reason other than oh, to make him more. You know, put Brock Lesnar in Judgment Day. Then that'll make him more powerful. That that's as random to me as putting Bray Wyatt and returning Bray Wyatt in with Judgment Day is as random to me as saying okay, yeah, it'll make him more powerful. But you know what, Brock Lesnar will make him more powerful. So, according to what I'm reading, okay, um, upcoming Monday Night Raw episode, we have the um, women's tag title is on the line, Raquel and Aaliyah versus Dakota Kai and Io Sky, um, Johnny Gargano makes his in-ring return, um, Come on, come on. Um, Edge versus Dominic. Those are the only three things, uh, according to cage side seats, that are officially being previewed for tomorrow. Johnny Gargano in action. Ali and Raquel versus Dakota Kai and Eosky and Edge versus Dominic. There's nothing in here about the open challenge for... Um, Bianca Belair, and then there's nothing in here about that tag team. Um, the fatal four, four way. So. Okay. Although that article was on 9 8, but. So. Anyways. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing John Gargano tomorrow night. See, uh, like I said, to see who they got, who they're going to put him against, and see how well he looks and everything else. Yeah, I just, and I mean, I mean, I know it's quote unquote Triple H's. WWE now, and it's not Vince McMahon. I just, I mean, I hope it's not. I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be Drew Gulak, but I, I hope it's not a quote unquote Drew Gulak type. Um, but I don't know who else. I mean, who they could Shelton Benjamin. I, I mean, could they do somebody like that? Um, a Cedric Alexander. I, I mean, could they do somebody uh, along that line? Somebody that's experienced in the ring, that's been around for a little while, that, you know what, if they lost, it's not going to be any big deal, but you still want to make it kind of a legitimate opponent? I mean, I don't want to see him against a popcorn vendor or soda jerk. Um, right. Hey, he didn't swear. <laughs> Thanks, Raphael. You need the same. <laughs> maybe it's Rep. Maybe that's why he's signing off. Maybe it's Raphael. Maybe he's going to, to Monday Night Raw tomorrow to take on Johnny Gargano. Maybe. Oh, well, well, we will have to see. But seriously, um, I, I just don't want it to be against, you know, just 
But I don't know who they could possibly do. I mean, could it be against a legitimate opponent that they see going forward with a feud? I mean, I don't know. I have no idea where they may go. I mean, like you said, you know, I'm hoping it's not a Drew Gulak type. Uh, you know, maybe Cedric Alexander, maybe Dalton Benjamin. I know that you, I mean, obviously Johnny Gargano is going to come in as a face. Um, we know that they don't put face, face against state, but, you know, you're talking about an experienced wrestler that's been around the block quite a few times. You also got our truth that's what I mean I don't want to see him in in a match against a Drew Gulak type. That, to me that's our truth okay. I mean, he's not a legitimate he's a gimmick wrestler now that's all he does he's never in legitimate matches and uh, yeah that's going to be interesting to see whether who to put uh, Johnny Gargano against and see how well he does and, uh, yeah, I'm trying to look up to see where I'm it sure. is. Um, I'm nope, sure tomorrow, tomorrow it is in the uh, Moda Center in Portland, Oregon. Yep. So you knew that? Yeah. Yeah, they, they advertised it uh, when they were talking about Raw. On Friday night, they had a little thing. I said, "Wrong." I said, "Not Monday night, PM, Portland, Oregon." I just didn't know what the name of the place was. No. Oh, okay. So, well, yeah, that's also going to be interesting to see who's going to answer the Bianca Belair challenge and where they're going to go from there. And I think you're going to start seeing some matches for Extreme Rules. Coming out of, uh, you know, a couple more Monday Night Raws that are coming up at SmackDown and see who they're going to put. One of the matches I'd like to see them put together for Extreme Rules is Drew McIntyre, Terry and Cross. I think that would be a, a great match with a stipulation. You know, have, have a stipulation in that match. You know, just don't have an Extreme Rules pay-per-view like you come up publicly and said, you know, have mm-hmm. some stipulations. Have a Even if you have a couple of Extreme Rules matches. No, 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 no. Then it's not an Extreme Rules pay-per-view. If every match does not have an Extreme Rule in it, then it's not an Extreme Rules pay-per-view, in my opinion. Don't don't say that I saw, like you've said, have a couple. No, I've never said have a couple matches. I said if you're going to name the pay-per-view, that pay-per-view, every match has to, under, has to be under those pay-per-view rules. It's an extreme rules pay-per-view. Even if it's something as stupid as a paperclip match. I don't care. Give me a stipulation in every fucking match or don't call it extreme rules. There's plenty other names that they could come up with to name a pay-per-view. You could say Armageddon. You could say Poseidon. You could say... Algebraic. I don't care what you name the pay per view, and then you could say, "Okay, we're this match is under extreme rules." Okay, then you only have to have one or two matches, but don't name the entire pay per view extreme rules and have two of the seven matches extreme rule matches. 
Right, yep. Do you smell what I'm cooking? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I definitely, uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. That's, uh, you know, it's like, um, you know, Clash of Champions. They have all the matches that are championship matches. So that's, that's an appropriate name for the show, Clash of Champions. They have, because I, you have champion recipients in matches. Okay. But not every, but not every championship was defended at the last Clash of Champions, right? Okay. Remember, I, I believe it wasn't. Right, you're right. I think the only, I, I think one match I don't remember. I think wasn't defended was the IC title. I think that was one that wasn't defended. But. Uh, We'll just have to wait and see about so, Monday Night Raw. Of, of the women that are actively on the roster, I, I won't even say that, are, I'll even, so you could throw in, you know, like a Charlotte and even a Becky who's not, definitely not coming back because she's injured, but you could even throw those in. Um, who would you want to see? I mean, is Bailey your number one pick? To answer the open challenge that it said that Bianca Belair is going to have on Monday Night Raw. Well, with the way that with the way the two have been going at it the last couple of weeks, I would say yeah. I would not be disappointed if it was Sasha. It would be great if. It but was she, Sasha. Sasha's not on the roster. I said of the women that are actively on the roster. I would say. I would say Bailey, and then a real close second would be. Uh, Alexa Bliss. Okay. Okay. That's that's what I think. Oh, excuse me. Um, with it being an open challenge, would it be? How's the question I'm looking at? Um, would you think it would be? Oh God, how do I want to phrase my question? Because I, I, like, I'm answering the question in my head, and it's the same answer. Um, would it be better if it was somebody that wasn't expected to answer the open challenge than somebody that's expected? Like, it, it's expected that we're going to see Bianca versus Bailey. So, is it better if it's somebody that's not expected then it would be if it was somebody that's expected to challenge mm, that's a good question now you're also understanding that, that this is this they're going up against Monday Night Football so hypothetically speaking they open the night because Monday Night Football isn't until 820. So sometimes in that first 15 minutes, Monday Night Raw will try and throw something out to catch it and really in for the rest of the show. So Mm -hmm. could the challenge be answered early in the night, like the top of the show, and be positioned later in the night? Or does it have to open challenge and it happens right now? So Uh. I'm, I'm looking at it as, okay, if you really want to try and steal some viewers back from Monday Night Football um, 
or keep them locked in, do you start off with, okay, Bianca Belair opens up the show with her open challenge and it's going to be Bailey and the match is right now to try and forego people from tuning over right at 20 after 8 for kickoff? Or is it like a returning Charlotte or, or something a little bit unexpected and say, and then it's later on in the evening? I think they'd have to start off with it and make, yeah. it, a, make it a bombshell. I mean, if it's, if it's Charlotte, okay. But, but, but is it a... Okay, so maybe, maybe, maybe I misphrased my question. Is it something that you... Okay, I, I don't know. Because I don't, I don't know if it would be better if they started with the show and go right to the match, and then boom, the match is over, and then you lose your viewers for the rest of Monday Night Football, and they're gone. They leave. There's no reason to come back. Or do you do something explosive where it's okay... You have not one, not two, but three people coming out. You have Bailey coming out. You have Alexa Bliss coming out. And they're jarring back and forth, which to me would be verbally be one of the best things you could possibly see on Monday Night Raw because they're both great on the mic. And then have a Charlotte come out in the middle of it and interrupt them and then have to have a, a triple threat match to determine who's going to face Bianca Belair later in the evening. Do you, do you need something like that to kind of grab the viewers to and then hold, try and hold on to them for the show for a match later? Do you, do you need something like that to happen? I think so, because if you have it later on in the show, then it's going to make some of the viewers go, oh, i got to turn into this later on and see what happens. Okay. You know, like like around halftime of the football game. I don't know of any, I don't know too many people that watch halftime of the football game. Well, the halftime, half times are so quick in the regular season, it, it doesn't even really matter. I mean, I'm just going to watch Monday Night Raw regardless tomorrow. I'm not going to watch the game. But um, it's, it's something I think that they should put in the middle of the show to, grab, to have people sit there and go, Huh, this is going to be interesting. I got to check this out. And kind of give them the anticipation of tuning into the match to see, to see what's going to happen. Right. So. But I would have to say, I mean, Charlotte is obviously one of them that would be a surprise. And like I said, Becky, she's out for a while, so that's not going to. Oh, God. So that, doesn't, that doesn't play in too well. Um. Tomorrow, Monday night's game is Denver and Seattle? Yeah, Russell Wilson goes back to Seattle. So who cares about that except people in Denver and Seattle? I mean... Right. Wow. That's a a bad Monday night football game, in my opinion. Yep. The week after that... The week after that is... They have two of them? I know Dallas is playing the Giants, I think, the third Monday night game of the year. I'm I'm not on the third Monday night. I'm on the second. But apparently they have two of them. Tennessee at Buffalo's at 7.15. And then Minnesota and Philadelphia starts at 8.30. Didn't they they used to do that on the first Monday night football game, have two of them? Yeah, 
I think so. Okay, well, this says week two. Huh. Then, yeah, okay. week three is that crappy game, Dallas and the Giants. Oh, okay. But, uh, who would you think would be a wild factor in the uh, open challenge? That would really catch your attention and say, wow, I definitely am going to sit down and watch this match. I'm looking forward to seeing this match. Whether, um, whether... Going by my same... Uh, rules, not some that's not on the roster currently. Um, I would say what I would like to see happen is along the lines of what I predicted happening at our last premium live event prediction show. Was say Bailey comes down with Dakota and EO Sky. And starts talking and John and Bianca and obviously she's outnumbered, you know, three to one. And then have Asuka and Alexa come down, quote unquote, even the odds. And then I'll go either way and say either Asuka, because I think Asuka-Bianca Belair could be a great match, or Alexa Bliss turns... On Bianca, and I say Alexa only because I love Alexa, and she's one of my favorites. Um, I, that would be something that would get me excited because, to me, having Bailey come out and accept the open challenge is a little too obvious. Not that I wouldn't mind seeing it, but I want something out of the obvious. Right. It's not going to give me that. Oh my God! Factor or holy shit! Factor because you expect Bailey to come out, right? All right. Yeah, I think Oscar and Bianca would be a great match, along with along with Alexa and Bianca. I think it would both be great matches. Well, I I don't know how great of a match Alexa and Bianca would be, just because. At least, I mean, Oscar. No, there's very, very, very few in the WWE that can match Bianca's power, and Alexa can't. Asuka can't, but Asuka's much better in the ring as an in-ring performer than Alexa Bliss is. Alexa Bliss is just cute as hell. I mean, it's like you pick her up and you just want to, you know, and snuggle her, you know, all night long because she's just absolutely adorable um, and is very entertaining on the microphone and does have a little bit of in-ring skills, but it's her likability or quote-unquote hate ability of her being on the mic that, that draws you to her. As for Asuka's, she's just, like I said, the, that last match she had really, really shows how excellent of entering performer she is. And that's where I think it would actually be a little bit more exciting with her against Asuka than it would have been in Alexa. Okay. Now, let's say Alexa turns. She's now a heel. Mm-hmm. How disappointing of that heel turn would it be if she went back to the old character with Lily and played that role again as a heel? I would, I would, well, I mean, I would hate it. It wouldn't be disappointing. I would hate it. Okay. 
Now, if she went, if she went to the evil Alexa Bliss that was all in like the goth makeup with the black, uh, okay. Um, but she's if she turns heel, she's got to go back to being the heel goddess that she when she was at the top of her game. Okay. You know, pre Bray Wyatt. Right. And even one person on the roster would answer the challenge that I would not get into a seeing. And I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong with this. You could agree with me. Is Nikki Ash? I don't think that would be. I don't think that would be uh, an interesting match for me to watch. Not at all. No. So. It has to be somebody on the, you know, the upper layer of the roster. It can't be a Dana Brooke. It can't be a Dewdrop. Right. You know, I mean, it it, it, it can't be a Shotzi. I mean, it can't be somebody like that. Uh, I mean, it has to be somebody towards the cream of the crop to, to answer the challenge. Or it's not, it, it's going to tune viewers out. It's not going right. to tune viewers in. Yeah, and I think Triple H is just, ooh, excuse me, I think Triple H is just a little bit more creative in that aspect than Vince McMahon would be. Now, he knows he's going against Monday Night Football. He knows he can't compete against Monday Night Football. But let me try and give these people something to anticipate watching. Right. And that's something that, uh, that will be interesting. To see, you know, who he's, what he's going to do, and how how that's going to work. So, but looking forward to so Monday Night Football. Know. I finally was able to pull it up. Monday okay. Night Football averages thirteen point five million viewers a night. Wow. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And you know, like I said, there's people that are gonna watch Monday Night Raw, there's there's people that are gonna watch WWE. I mean I know two handfuls of people, you know, just from working at the job I work at and talk to people about sports and everything. Oh, I don't like football. Or I don't like baseball. Okay, well, you don't like football, then obviously you're not going to watch Monday Night Raw. I mean, obviously you're not going to watch Monday Night Football. Right. Right. So, I mean, you know, not every uh, Joe Schmo who's going to be sitting home in, his, in front of his TV at 8 o'clock at night flipping through the channel is going to say, oh, look, Denver, Seattle, let me watch. No. Or the same thing with Monday Night Raw. They'll be flipping through to get to USA. Ah, damn, wrestling's on. Ah, screw that. Well, well, lucky for Monday Night Raw that it's a crappy game and the Yankees are off, so I will be tuning in live. Normally, I watch I watch the Yankee game and then I'll, you know, fast forward through, you know, the stupid stuff on Monday Night Raw, which hasn't been a lot lately. Now it's pretty much just been mostly just commercials. Um, right. And then you know when they show a stupid video package like they did, you know. Every Clash the Castle 
Max, uh, yeah, let me fast forward past that, so. So, but anyway, all right, once again, it's another great show. And, um, anything else that comes to mind, Greg? I mean, you know, like nope. I said, we got Monday Night Football coming up tomorrow. It is the uh, start of the NFL season. Go Cowboys. Um, and hopefully, Monday Night Raw will get their ratings that they get, and NFL will get their ratings. Obviously, we know as being wrestling followers and wrestling football followers that Monday Night Football is just going to kill them in the ratings. But, but like I said, you know, there's only a couple Monday Night Football games that I watch, and this isn't going to be one of them. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in to watch. All three hours of Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. We'll take it from there and see what they do. See what they do as far as the challenge and everything else. So, all right then. Once again, Greg, it was a great show. Another wonderful episode of, of Nugget News, as usual. So, on behalf of the Nugget to Greg, this is the illustrious Mr. Trivia for the Top Rope Report. Saying thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll catch you all on Wednesday. And once again, thank you for tuning in to another edition of Top Rope Report. Tune in Wednesday at 6 o'clock when we discuss the Monday Night Raw happenings.